Hey there, this is Mike. I want to quickly introduce the podcast you'll be listening to now, which is part one of a two-part NBA 2021-2022 preseason predictions. So in this part one, Benny, Easy, and I cover our predictions for the major awards, including MVP, Sixth Man of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, everything of the year. So those major awards will be covered in this part one, which you'll be listening to now. Part two will come out early next week, probably on Monday, and that'll cover our top eight in each conference. So who's going to make the playoffs in each conference, uh, who's going to do better or worse than last year, including our finals predictions and finals winners. So stay tuned for that. I really hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Three Dudes, One Hoop. As always, I'm Mike. I'm here with Easy and Benny. Uh, and today we have kind of our first look at the NBA 2021-2022 season. We're going to do our way-too-early predictions. I think the season starts, what, like October 29th, 28th? October, like no, it's actually October 19th this year. Oh, October 19th. Okay, so it's only 20 days away about. So, uh, so we're sitting here. It's, it's uh, September 30th, so tomorrow's already October 1st. And we're going to start uh, giving our predictions, giving some insight into what we think is going to happen this year. Uh, so we're going to do the major awards and talk about uh, who we think is going to finish top eight in each conference. Um, and yeah, that being and uh, you know, I'm sure we'll hit up some topical things, Ben Simmons along the way, talk about different things that are going on. But uh, that being said, we're going to kick it off here. Uh, I think the best place to start would be MVP. Um, I think that, that's going to be a pretty interesting award this year. So I'll throw it over to you, Benny. Who do you have for your MVP? I was stuck between two guys. Um, I'm sure you guys probably have a combination of one of these guys that I'm about to pick, at least one of them. Um, I ended up going with, I think, Kevin Durant is going to win MVP this Ooh, season. Okay, nice. Yeah, do you guys want me to talk about it? Or are you guys just yeah, give yours uh... Do you, do you want to go around and pick all of ours, or do you want to each talk about? I, just, it? I, I could just I could just yeah. Keep going on. I, I, let's do Benny talks about his, and then like we'll bounce off based on that. Awesome. Yeah. Go ahead, Benny. I think Kevin Durant has been due for a monster season ever since um, that Achilles injury he had in the finals a couple seasons ago against Toronto, and obviously he missed his whole first year with Brooklyn. Obviously, the expectations with Brooklyn in itself are massive. He missed that first season there. They got James Harden. The expectations just got even higher. They didn't get the result that they wanted for different reasons, but in the playoffs, we saw just how absolutely nuclear this guy's still capable of being. He averaged 34, 9, and like 5 in the playoffs, and it's not like they lost in the first round, so he only played like four or five games. He, They almost made the conference finals. They were, they were three inches away, right? If he took his... If he took that long yeah. two against the Bucks, he took it a few inches back. They would have won or a half size shorter. Yeah, literally. exactly. They would have been in the conference for finals. no reason. I'm pretty yeah. sure he wears a bigger shoe on purpose, and that size difference probably would have been the difference between a two and a three. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, and then if we look at the like I just mentioned the the ridiculous form that this guy was in in last year's playoffs. Yeah. I think if he can carry that form into the season that we have coming up, uh, even with James Harden, even if with Kyrie Irving, I think this guy could definitely win MVP. Yeah, Leva, I don't know who you had as MVP. Um, I had Kevin Durant as well. Um, oh, look at that. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, so and, okay, man. Yeah. I have – okay, so this is the reason why. And I have, like, a couple other guys that I might mention that maybe you would pick, Leva. Sure. But yeah, go for it. I guess the reason why I'm picking Katie is because this league has a thing of adopting storylines that they like when it comes to these awards. And I kept looking at the list of guys that it could be. And I'm like, the Kevin Durant storyline has been due for a while. Like Benny said, like we've been waiting on another big season for KD and whether or not he has an even bigger season or not, it's not up to us. It's up to him. But the NBA is craving that story. It's 100% a story that the NBA has been chasing. And then there's also different ones that the league is chasing as well. But I don't think those guys are on good enough teams to justify him, like justify them getting the MVP, right? So like, for example, Curry got third last year. But the reason why they gave him third was because they knew he wasn't going to be first because his team was garbage. So right. yeah, of course you're going to put a guy amazing. So yeah, had, I think he had he was deserving of votes, but there's no way he's going to right. Like for it. example, like if you look at last year, you can make a case that Curry should have been ahead of Embiid. Like yeah, and the voting was so significantly different, which just keeps validating that like your record matters, right? 
So when I look at a lot of these guys that could be MVP, most of these guys aren't going to have the record. So my pick will be Kevin Durant, barring injury, of course. All these, all these awards, by the way, I, I won under the impression that we're hoping that nobody gets injured, right? Like that's yeah, for sure. Right, I mean, you right, miss yeah. 15 to yeah. 20 games and you're probably out of the MVP race. So. so I'm going for Kevin Durant, not only for that, but that just because with these teams that are going to end up competing for the finals, they have a tendency to rest players. I don't remember them resting Kevin Durant as much as they were like, like Kyrie was missing games. For yeah, reason, I think I think they really too. couldn't. Yeah, because exactly right. what you said, like Kyrie and Harden were in and out. So like Kevin Durant yeah. seems to be like the mainstay and he's not going to want to rest games after yeah. last year. So I have Kevin Durant, but there's a couple other guys that I like considered based on if something happens. Um, Mike might have picked one of them. Right. Like, I'll let you go, and then I'll mention the ones that um, that I thought of. I'm curious to see who you picked. So I didn't pick KD. Um, <gasps> so it's, it's interesting. We almost had, a for the first time ever, like the three of us, like all picking the same person. Um <laughs> So I I picked the I picked the guy who's tied for him in terms of like the second favorite and it's Joel Embiid. Um, so according to Vegas Insiders, they're both uh, plus seven hundred, tied for second in terms of really? favorites going into next season. Yeah, Luca's Luca's the favorite. I'm surprised none of us picked Luca. I I I, I would have thought that easy would have picked Luca, um, but I guess we'll probably talk that about after. that in a second. Yeah. Um, so I picked Joel Embiid. I think easy. You bring up a good point when when you talk about narrative. Um, I think Joel Embiid was somebody who had a lot of momentum going into award season last year, but then he got hurt. Um, so not not necessarily that he would have won uh, the award last year, but I think he was definitely one of the favorites. And, you know, you talk about narrative, there's no more interesting NBA team right now than the, than the 76ers. Um, maybe the Nets when they're healthy, but, you know, we'll see. But I think, yeah. you know, in a world where, Ben Simmons is not on the team, which is looking more and more likely every day. Uh, Joel still has a really competitive group around him. Still has Doc Rivers there. They're probably going to finish top three or four in the East. Um, you know, I think they'll have a good record. I think he's going to put up monster stats. Real quick, I'll just read read out his stats from last year because they were ridiculous. Um, this guy was shooting 37% from three. Uh, he was shooting over 50% from the field. He was making nine free throws a game shooting 80, 86% from the line, averaging 28 points, uh, 10 rebounds, three assists, one, one steal, one block. So, I mean, it, it was absolutely ridiculous numbers. And I think, you know, on a team that's really going to be centered around him now, um, you know, and it, maybe he'll have to put in more energy on the defensive end. So maybe offensively he might suffer a little bit, but I, I, I think more and more they're just going to run the offense through him. Um, so given all that, I think he's set up really nicely for an MVP run this year. I would have had KD number two, by the way, just for the record. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, what were you say, Benny? I was just going to say uh, that I would have had Doncic number two because he okay. was bringing up the odds and stuff like that. But yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. You're good. Um, with Embiid, I definitely see the path for an MVP. Like you said, I remember him being the favorite before injuries happened and then people started getting on Jokic. Um, the only thing I'd be worried about is you like, let's say they do trade Simmons and we'll get into it a little later with the Sixers. We don't know what the complexion of that team's going to look like. You know, it's going to be good because there's never been a doc rivers team that has talent that doesn't do well in the regular season. Um, so I'm not worried too much about that. I'm more worried about whether or not he'll do enough of a difference from last year to win MVP, like to separate himself from that narrative of last year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't think he, he has gonna... to do too much more, though, just because, like, I already, right. like, we we're saying he was already think, a favorite. Yeah. So, yeah. I think oh, it's ahead. the defensive side, like you were saying, that he's going to have to, like, show that he can dominate. Like, it can't yeah. be, like, a block a game. You can't be seven feet getting a block a game. And if yeah. you're, like, that talented, you're going to need to show me more on defense. Offensively, there's not much else he can do. Like, you, you really can't ask for more from him. So, I think that little edge defensively will get him there. But going to Luka now, the only reason I can't pick Luca as an MVP is what I was talking about earlier. His team is not going to be good enough to get him an MVP. Like it, it's just the reality. Um, they re-signed the same guys. They added, I'm, I'm pretty sure they added like a couple other guys. I, I forget their names, but they're not guys that are going to win you games. Like it's not a guy that it, this team isn't going to be propelled to like a fourth seed now, just because they added a couple guys and not to mention they, 
they uh, fired Rick Carlisle. So like now you're going to be dealing with a new coach, probably a new system in some format. I don't see like, again, a very just, suspect head coaching hiring at that. It was Jason Kidd, right? Yeah. yeah. Jason Kidd. Yeah. yeah so there. like, just very suspect in my opinion, but go ahead. Easy. Yeah. So like, again, I don't know a t- like a time where there was an MVP that wasn't a team in the top four of any conference. Right? Russell like, Westbrook was probably the last yeah, one. Yeah, Russell was, but that's because he had but a and The last season. one, but also the first yeah. one in a while. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, like, it's clearly not a trend. It's like an, an anomaly, right. if anything. This guy would have to put up, like, astronomical numbers to even be considered MVP if his team isn't meeting the expectations of the other teams that are in the top of the conference. Right. So that's why I yeah. didn't pick Luka. I could see the path because going back to storylines – nobody like if the nba wants to face for international basketball they're not going to go with Jokic. like i think we clearly saw that during the season yeah it's already nobody talked yeah and yeah. like nobody wanted to talk about Jokic's mvp it was probably no, the most quiet it really it was, was one of the most quiet mvp awards given to a player of all time a lot of it was because of just injury and guys missing games like i don't right. think they wanted to give it to him the award he was just like the most logical answer because nobody else was well, really eligible. So, and he was also the MVP. Like, like yeah, no, he was the MVP for sure. Yeah, right. And that's why I'm saying, like, media, yeah. the media, at least the way the media carried Jokic, clearly mm-hmm. they don't want him to be the international face like a Dirk Nowitzki. But they do want Luca to be that, a hundred percent. So, if he even has a semblance of a better season and the Mavs are in the top four, I can one hundred percent see them giving it to him, like a hundred percent. And you could say Giannis yeah. with the international factor as well, but there's just something about the way Luca is, the way he plays, that it's much more appealing than the way Giannis plays in terms of like the beauty of the game, like the passing, the the offensive flair. Because Giannis has that like ferocious tenacity, but like the finesse of a Luca, I don't know. It, I feel like Luca is very, I don't know. It's like a baby face, you know? Yeah, he's more relatable. I mean, he's more marketable yeah. too. Because who can relate to a seven foot giant? You know. <laughs> Right. It's hard. I could, I could, uh, I can vibe with his lifestyle though. I don't know if you saw his like offseason <laughs> stuff. I guess so. Lit. Yeah, he's, he's doing it. He's doing nice. He's having a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. And then just a couple um, of the names that I had here, just like yeah. as a toss up. Um, I can't discount, um, Giannis just because I can't discount Giannis just as a yeah. player. He was my um, third. He was my third. Yeah. And then I have Curry here just as like a wild card. It really depends on the team again. It's one of those like it depends on the team whether or not. Because if you got third on a on a team that barely made play-in, clearly the league hasn't like separated themselves from the Curry mania yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it, it, a lot of it depends on team success. I feel like the Warriors are like one of the biggest like boomer bust teams this yeah. year. You know, I mean, so. Jimmy Butler was getting votes and also that's another team that lost in the first round. So... Yeah, it was, it was a lot of candidates. I mean, not to discredit Jokic though, because I do think he deserved to win MVP. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of like Easy was saying it was boring, I guess you could say, because mm-hmm. it wasn't like a a flash of a Luka Doncic or even a LeBron James or a Kevin Durant or James Harden players like that were kind yeah. of in and out of their own starting lineups. So, yeah, if the media had a more interesting story that they could have picked, they would have picked it. But you know, LeBron. Didn't play a, like he missed games. Uh, and yeah. missed a bunch of games. Everyone so missed games. They just couldn't do it. Everybody, Everybody missed games. I looked, at, games. The hardest, I looked yeah. at the game. Like, if you even look at the MVP list, you look at it and you're like, this isn't a healthy year. Yeah. Like, having Jokic and Bede Curry as the top three is not what the league wants. Like, that is not <laughs> what not. you want. Yeah. They, they really want Luca, LeBron to be up there. They want KD up you know. there. They want guys they want, that are like, they definitely want KD up there. Yeah. Right. So, like, Again, it goes back to team success. And again, I'm super happy that Jokic won last year. It was finally like a breath of fresh air, at least as like a basketball fan. Like, oh, wow. Like the guy who actually deserved it, got it. And like, he just for him to so be in the conversation was a breath of fresh air. Yeah. yeah like literally sure. someone that Absolutely. like, and like, just like he is the most offensively skilled big man. Like I could dare say ever. Um, Maybe. Like yeah. You can argue it. You can argue score, it. Yeah. Facilitate. Like. So it was super cool seeing that. So MVP is going to be interesting this year. Again, it depends Very on team success and injuries, but I can see a path for all these guys. Everyone that we talked about, there is a path. Yeah. And uh, so I guess we'll move on to our next award. Uh, so we're going to do, let me go to our list here. Sorry. I, moved it I think we have way. six man next. Six man next. All right. So we'll yeah. do six man of the year next. Um, I guess I'll kick it off here. Yeah. Uh, so I just chose Jeremy Clarkson again. Or sorry, Jordan Clarkson again. Yeah. Um, 
I just feel like he's still in a good team. He's still going to get crazy, like a good amount of minutes, a healthy amount of, of volume. And it's just kind of the thing where I feel like six man of the year is just like, it, it, you just have to be really good offensively. And like, you know, it's like the Lou Will kind of formula where you just have to come off the bench, be a spark plug, score a lot of points. You literally don't have to do anything else. Be on a good team. <clears throat> and he says he's already won it. It's this type of thing where, like, I think the media likes to, to stick with one guy for a while. Um, so I, I can see him winning it again this year. He's the favorite again. So I, I, I just, I just think it's going to go chalk, and I think he's going to win it. Yeah. How about you, Benny? I agree with Mike. Actually, I had Jordan Clarkson winning it as well. I think he had a really good season, and his team's really good. He's going to get the same opportunities he had before. His role's not going to be anything crazy where you know he's going to. Or he's going to have to come out of that shell, maybe be thrown into the starting lineup for the majority of the season because his team isn't doing well. I don't think that's going to happen with him. And I think he's, he's already comfortable where he's at. I think I, but I was really close to having actually Tim Hardaway Jr. Okay. On that's that like a sleeper pick, actually. Yeah. Yeah. He I, kind of fits the same mold. I think Tim Hardaway Jr. can have a really good season as well. And he could probably sneak into that conversation. I think with Tim Hardaway, it's going to depend on how the coach wants to play him. Because yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a starter. Yeah, like a that, that's start. why yeah. I didn't pick him eventually. In the end, that's why I didn't pick him because I could see him starting. Yeah, but I could he's six man though. I could definitely see him winning it. Like I could. It's the same thing with Clarkson. I had Clarkson too. Okay. Oh wow. So we all agreed. Because <laughs> like like Leva said, yeah. like the media has a tendency for six man to always pick the same six man every year. We saw it with exactly. Will. We saw it with Jamal Crawford. J.R. Smith exactly. even got it. I think a couple mm-hmm. years or at least one year. Um. I do have a sleeper pick that I don't okay, think go we're for thinking it. about yeah. yet. Um, Absolutely. And I think it has to do with the fact that he's on a one-year deal, too. That's going to help. Dennis Schroeder with Boston. Ooh, that's a good pick. Yeah. I know he's not starting on that team. <laughs> I know he's <laughs> no, not starting. No, definitely not. Yeah, Because they're going to have Marcus Smart, Tatum, Brown, um, a big, and then some sort of, like, Peyton Pritchard, maybe, or, like, another forward that they like yeah. better, like Neesmith, even. Schroeder off the bench is perfect. Like that, it's literally what we're looking for in a six man. It's always the guy who can score. It's been where he was at his best. His last year in Oklahoma City, he averaged almost twenty points coming off the bench uh, efficiently. So yeah, behind Chris Paul, no less. So that's why I'm thinking Clarkson. I mean, I have Clarkson as a shoe in because that he won last year. (laughs) It's also just the way that he plays. Like it's just very conducive to winning those types of awards. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So I got I got Clarkson. If not Schroeder, and then even Ingles. I mean, if Ingles he came a second. A, he came a yeah. second last year. Yeah. So like, a couple other names. I know they're not going to do as well, but Kendrick Nunn and Lakers, if he gets a big enough role, could be interesting as a six man. Um, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't think he'll get the minutes though. And then uh, yeah, as a long shot. Yeah. Right. And then Kevin Werder. That was another one. But, okay. I don't know. I, I'm more hot on the Dennis Schroeder chance than most of those guys besides Clarkson. Clarkson's going to win it probably. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really like any of the other names I saw on, on the odds list and stuff. I mean, Clarkson's like by far the favorite. Um, Herders, Herder, Patty Mills—they're kind of grouped together. I, I don't really see. Do you guys see with Patty? Because I kept seeing him show up, but I, I just no, don't see him getting the the volume or, or playing in that style. So no, I don't know that, why that's he's not second. happening. Yeah, that's not I wouldn't. Happening. I wouldn't bet any money on Patty Mills, even though he's like one of the, the favorites. <laughs> um, so okay, so we're all agreed. Jordan Clarkson, congratulations! Yeah. You're going to win Six Man of the Year. Um, so, uh, we're going to move on to defensive player of the year. Um, kind of going to be a, going to be an interesting year. It's kind of usually like the usual suspects, but I guess we'll start with you easy. Uh, why don't you tell us who you have as your deep I hate, I hate this award so much. Mm-hmm. I really hate it. Mm-hmm. It's given to the same guy every year. This is um, like the six man. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> this, it, it, yeah. it might low key be worse than the six man. It is worse. The NBA, I agree. The NBA has a tendency to always give it to like a big man because they feel bad that they can't give a big man an award anywhere else because it just never happens. Yeah, um, and it's always like a, a guy like just tends to be a year where that guy wins it, like the same guy wins it, but he doesn't deserve it, but he yeah. just wins it because of the media. So yeah, and like yeah. the best part is all these guys end up for the most part getting kind of exposed in the playoffs. <laughs> that's so right, it's that's like very even, true. It's even worse. So I'm gonna pick the guy that did get exposed in the playoffs this year, <laughs> um, Rudy Gobert. That's going to end okay. up being Defensive Player of the Year because he's going to be on the best team. He's going to be the greatest number percentage of chain shots in the paint. 
because that's the stat that they always love. He's going to get it. I hate it, but it's going to happen. I can't even, like, the idea that Ben Simmons might even compete for the award, his reputation has already been tarnished so badly as a player and as, like, a, as a person that I know that the NBA <laughs> is not going to give it to Ben Simmons. Like, I just know that nobody is going to pick Ben Simmons. And he was second place last year. So who's it going to be instead? Unless Giannis, for whatever reason, has like a nuclear defensive season, which I don't see happening. I don't see anybody else being able to catch up to Rudy Gobert. Okay, so I think, Betty, you had your hand up. So <laughs> did you have Giannis? I did pick Giannis. Okay. Easy. Then... Yeah. Easy, were you done with um talking about um Rudy? I can yeah, I mean, I don't even want to keep talking about Rudy. Take it away. <laughs> okay. It, it probably will be Rudy. Um. <laughs> I was talking about, or I, we were we were talking about how it's always like the same person, and it feels like this is the award that the NBA media writers either they know the least about or they care the least about. How do you evaluate? But here defense? I am, yeah. here I am, and I'm gonna pick probably one of the favorites. Every I'm pretty sure he's won this award before, actually, but yeah, he has won this award. Yep. I'm going with Giannis for Defensive Player of the Year. This will be, I think, his second in like two or three years that he wins it. And yeah, the main I think he reason won it two I years think, ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The main reason I see this, usually you have the whole championship slump thing. I actually think this is the reason that he wins the award is because he has that championship from last year. And I, the reason that I tie the two together is because, well, obviously he's already a very good defender. He's an elite defender, one of the best defenders in the NBA on top of the ridiculous wingspan that allows him to be as shut down as he is at any, in any part of the court. Um, but I think winning that championship allows him to take chances even more free than, than he was before. And because of that length that he has, he, it will pay off for him more often than not more often than most players for sure. So I'm talking about jumping more into passing lanes, jumping more in the air for blocks, you know, risking the foul type of thing, or for the sake of getting the block or, the steals, I think his numbers can go up in every pretty much every single way. I think he'll be more aggressive on one-on-one situations just because he has that championship. He has that off his uh, he has that off his back, and he can play more freely because he knows I have my ring, and I'm going to prove that I belong in this conversation of the best players of all time. And I think that's his next focus now. Yeah, Giannis is probably like top three for me. He's not who I picked. I actually didn't pick either of your guys' pick. And before I get to my guy, I'll quickly say, I think Benson, I, I didn't pick Ben Simmons, but I think he low-key has a chance to actually win it this year. And I know easier were talking about how, like, he couldn't be more hated than he is now. So why would the media pick him? But I think it, a lot of times it's like, it can, that can go the other way, where he's getting so much attention this year that the media is going to be on top of him so much. And if he just keeps playing really good defense, if let's say he goes, obviously, you know, he's not, he's probably not going to be on Philadelphia, but let's say he goes to whatever Kings, I don't know, some random team, pick a team. Um, and he just continues playing the way that he's playing, focuses on defense, um, gets highlight, highlighted night after night because the media is just always going to be talking about him. I think he has a, actually a pretty decent chance to win it. So he's my number two. But my number one, um, I think, is Anthony Davis. So I think the Lakers have a good chance to be a good defensive team this year. And I think eight, the, the issue with AD is that he just never, you know, he's he's always injury prone, right? He, he has an injury bug. He never plays like yeah. 100% of the games. But I think he can guard one through five. I think, um, you know, I think they're going to play in a way this year where it might be a little more slow, a little more um, not so. I mean, I know Russell Westbrook, obviously, you know, he, he likes to play fast, but I just don't see it if they have LeBron, AD, and Russ on the court at the same time. I think it might be a little slower. Um, and, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of low-scoring games. The Lakers past, what, two, three years, how long LeBron and Vogel have been there. They've had a really good uh, defense. And I think AD, if he's healthy, plays, you know, the majority of the games, I think he's going to show out and have a really good year. I, th- I think I think they want him to win an award. I think LeBron really, you know, help, wants to push him to be better. And I think, you know, in year three of them being together, they have a great team. This could kind of low-key be their season to – to you know have ad be the star of the show here and you know on the defensive end like there's no questioning like how good he is he can guard one through five so i think he has a good chance to win uh depoy so that's why i'm picking him a little bit of a dark horse a little bit of a dark horse (laughs) (laughs) Um, he's favored he's one of the favorites i mean the only reason i have like i have a few things with ad Mm -hmm. i heard I mean, again, I don't know how much merit there is to it, but I hear he's not looking the greatest right now, like in shape wise. 
which again, that could change during the season, but I don't yeah. know. I, I, never, I don't know how, to, I how much to take stock in the preseason stuff. Right. Like, but like, for example, yeah. like I take a little bit of stock. Cause like, for example, when a guy does end up popping off in the gym, right? Like for example, Sabonis, I right. heard last season before the season started, yo, this guy's looking good. Like this guy has been a gym animal. This guy's not left. And look at the season that guy had. So like, I, I don't want to say I'm putting a lot of stock, but there is a tendency to get lackadaisical when you're with so much talent on your team. And I'm not saying that that's going to be AD, but I don't think he's going to propel himself defensively enough to push him up into that, like defensive player of the year category. You get me? I don't know. And I, with- I just think they're, they're going to also really need his, his defensive contribution. Right. Uh, this season. So you know, I think if, if you know, the, the brain trust of LeBron and Rondo and Russell Westbrook <laughs> get together, Vogel, they're like, look, AD, we need you to really focus on the on the defensive end. I think he can he can do it. I think he has the mindset for it. I don't think he's somebody to get lazy, too. Right. That's the other thing. So, you know, I, I kind of see him uh, shining on, on the defensive side of the court because I think that's where the team's going to need the most help. Yeah. And then real quick, I want to go back to your Simmons comment because I think you're wrong. I think you're 100% wrong. Um if that guy gets traded from Philly and you say pick any team and I pick the Kings, who in the world is going to care that Ben Simmons is playing defense on the Kings? Who is going to care? It just means that he's going to get a lot of attention either way, good or bad. And no. I think when the media is watching him night after night and, you know, I don't think, he, you know, he has enough talent, at least on the defensive side of the court, that he can be in the deep point conversation. A lot of it's just the mindset, which I think is like all of our biggest problem with him. Um, but I think I think he can do it. I mean, yeah, I agree. If he goes to the Kings and they suck, I get it. Um, yeah. But you and know, no if, team you know. contending is going to trade for Ben Simmons. No team contending is going to do it. And that's clearly based on the defensive player of the year candidates that we've seen the last five years because it's been the same ones for five years. Yeah, probably longer. Yeah. Yeah, like it's yeah. Gobert because he's on a winning team. It's Simmons yeah. because he's on a winning team. It's Giannis because he's on a winning team. Yeah, then Draymond all those years. Draymond. Yeah, bam. Yeah. It's like. You're going to have to be on a good team. And if you trade Ben Simmons, it doesn't matter how great of a defender you are. But if you're going to the Kings, if you're going to the Cavs, if you're going to Toronto, no one is going to care. Like once he gets traded, it's going to be a conversation about Ben for two weeks. And then it's going to go right back to Embiid being alone in Philly. <laughs> no one is going to care. I'm telling you, we Stephen only a care. Ranting about Philadelphia sports. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. just saying, like, I know how this goes. A star player gets traded and then. There's a bigger star in the team that was already there and everyone's going to talk about Embiid. And that, like you said, that's why I think the MB narrative for MVP makes so much sense because if they do trade him and he does pop off, why wouldn't you give it to him? But don't you think like, it's kind of like a, almost like a conciliation, uh, like consolation prize for, for Ben Simmons after being shit on like relentlessly by no. everybody. And I feel like he's going to come out in the middle of the no, season. We're not like, talking oh, about winning health. the award off merit then. We're just, <laughs> right. no, no, I mean, he has the talent to do it. I mean, I, that's not a question. He's, he's been a favorite before. Uh, but I mean, yeah, ultimately it's true. What he's saying, like you, no you, you need to care. be on a good team. You need to be on a good team. It's not that no one's yeah. going to care, but you do need to be on a good team for it. So. Cause like with six men, you can kind of forgive. Cause like, if you're on like a, fifth or sixth seed team and like you're a six man and you're kind of the reason why they even made it to the fifth or sixth seed you can make a conversation about that even most improved that we're going to get into a little later but like yeah when it comes to defensive player of the year i can't remember a time that there was a guy who was not on a top tier team winning that award it's the same thing with mvp in a way it's just it's just the nature of the award and also like benny said these guys that vote for defensive player of the year never know what the hell they're talking about it pisses me They're off. They're so inconsistent. There's been there's been times where um I forgot who the player was. Maybe you guys know who it was. That the dude won. It was either defensive player of the year or he made or he made an all NBA team or something like that. And the dude wasn't even an all star or something like that. Or like you'll see instances where the guy wins the award for defensive player of the year or whatever it was, but he doesn't make the an all NBA defensive team or he makes an all NBA defensive second team. I think it happened with Marcus Saul where he won. Well, yeah. he won oh, yes. Defensive Player yeah, of the yeah. Year, and then he was Defensive Player of the Year, and then yeah, he was and all, on to all defense, defense like second, second or third yeah, team. Yeah, like, yeah. That makes no sense. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it the same no people voting. Yeah. <laughs> it, it pisses me off. Like, when you brought up the Defensive Player of the Year, I'm like, you know what? Wait, he's right. Like, what the hell is going on here? Because fucking, what's it called? Because, like, and they always have a tendency to pick a center. Like, they're always going to pick a big yeah. man. Like, even with Ben Simmons, like, I would have arguably Maybe said ben this Simmons year. Maybe Ben Simmons should be a center. <laughs> 
Maybe, maybe you're shooting with the wrong hand. I don't know. <laughs> but like going back to the center thing, it's always a center. And like, you could have made yeah. the case that Ben Simmons should have won last year. Like you definitely could have made that case. But if they're like, if they didn't give it to Ben Simmons last year, there's no way they're going to give it to him this year when he's going to be on a different team. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. I agree. That, that, that's my thing. It's not that I'm saying that Ben Simmons shouldn't win it. I do think Ben Simmons mm-hmm. should have a chance to win it. But narratives. Yeah, I don't think he's going to win either. Like I said, I picked AD, but yeah, I, I think I think there's a chance he finishes like, you know, I, I don't know if they go top five for deep play. They probably yeah, they can, top three. They, they have like but, top three when they announce it, but they have like the chart of like yeah, they guys who got first and right. points. And um, right. I definitely like when you mentioned AD and Ben Simmons, I do pick AD over Ben Simmons right now. Just oh, because yeah, sure. of like the yeah, narrative yeah. thing. Of like we cannot pick this guy yeah. once he gets traded. We cannot absolutely like we can't give it to a guy on the Kings. Like we can't, can't give can't it to a it. guy on the Pistons or wherever the hell you go. And I love my Kings. I love my Kings, but I know <laughs> they're easy Kings happen. guys for the record. <laughs> I'm a Warriors fan number one, but if someone says what's my second favorite team, I'm gonna go Kings. <laughs> HT looking nice. Uh, I mean the Halliburton, my bad. Yeah, but um, <laughs> all right. So I think so. I had AD and uh. You, both you guys had Gobert, right? Nah, um, Benny had Giannis. Oh, sorry, Benny had Giannis. Okay, Benny had Giannis. You got Gobert. Man. Um, okay, so I think that does it for our depoy conversation. We'll see, yeah. see how it goes. Um, and then we're gonna move on next to most improved player. This is always kind of like a shot in the dark award. I feel like it's all. Of course, wait, Mike. I think you kind be, of. Um, yeah. Sorry, I think you kind of flipped up a little bit because you were telling us off pod that Sabonis was gonna be MVP and uh, Depoy. <laughs> Depoy, yeah, for sure. No, absolutely. Based off off our last podcast where I said how much I fucking love Sabonis, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna really be he's gonna pull Giannis and get like MVP and Depoy. Yeah, um, man, that guy's a gym rat. I like him. <laughs> he's a fiend. Easy's got Easy's looking at his Instagram workouts. <laughs> Yo, that guy, I'm telling you, in the offseason, I was like, yo, Savona's looking kind of nice right now. <laughs> that guy, I don't know, man. He looks good. But uh, good? most improved. Most improved. How good? We'll see. I, I like, we'll get into the, we'll get into the play. We'll get into it when we talk about the, yeah. our standings. Um, yeah. But okay. So I guess we'll go on to most improved. Um, I guess I'll kick it to you, Benny. Who do you, who do you have as MIP? I picked Michael Porter Jr. to win most improved player. Okay, wow. Good pick. Yeah, reason being obviously he he did he did not win it this past season, right? It was no. um yeah, he probably should have no, won it. No. He probably should have won it. He just completely exploded this past season from nine to nine to nineteen points, excuse me. And I think now he's grown into that role of probably being the second best offensive player on that team. I think now with the Jamal Murray injury, he's gonna have even more room to grow into that space. And with the contract that they gave him, we saw the numbers. I don't remember them. If you guys can re- remind me, it was like 200 and something million dollars plus. It was Whatever for, it was. For six. Porter Jr., it was yeah. 207, I think. But what, like, yeah. that's with if he hits every incentive and makes right, it on. Right. It's, it's still 170 minimum. Yes. Basically, maybe it's not a supermax, but it's basically, right? It's, it's, it's enormous amounts max, of money. Yeah. And that tells me that you could say that the Nuggets didn't really have a choice if they want to keep him, whatever. I still think that that tells me that the Nuggets see this guy as being a legit second star and that they do not have to use their assets to find one because they see Michael Porter Jr. as that second star on a legitimate championship team. And again, with the Jamal Murray injury, hopefully he can come back for the playoffs. But I imagine when he comes to the season, it'll still be a slow process for him. I could see Michael Porter Jr. crack 25 points. He's 25 points. He had seven rebounds. He could probably get more than that. He, his playmaking can grow. He only had one assist a game last year. I could definitely see him take big strides, <clears throat> excuse me, from an offensive perspective enough on a great team to make a massive yeah. impact. Yeah. Like you said, he's going to get the opportunity for it after that contract. So I, that's a really good pick. Almost makes me want to change my pick, but <laughs> I think I'll stick with mine for now. <laughs> Easy. You want to go next? Uh, I'll let you go next. Cause I have like okay. a couple names that I could bring up. Yeah. So Benny, you make a great point with uh, MPJ, but I'm going to stick with the guy I originally picked. You can call me bias. It's fine. I'm going to go uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. On this oh, one. Okay. I thought, <laughs> not a deep play. I thought you were going to say Tyler Hero. I thought the same thing. Oh my God. No, no, please. Oh my God. Same exact thing. No, definitely, definitely not. I think this podcast is like, call me biased. Call me biased. You know, wearing the heat shirt. No, but, um, I had to go my my second love, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, very own Jaron Jackson Jr. So obviously last year was really rough. 
Uh, he was hurt most of the year with torn meniscus. Um, so we'll see how he comes back from that. Obviously, that's kind of be going to be a, a big factor as his health. Um, but I think, you know, it's kind of like in terms of a narrative to go back to the idea, which is like where a lot of these awards lie. I think we've seen it before where, you know, you have a really talented young guy, has a down year, has a injury riddled year, comes back, you know, bound, you know, he's going into his, I think, fourth season now. Yeah, uh, he's going to have, uh, you know, probably the best team he's ever been on since he's been in the league. Um I think he's going to have a lot of opportunity. Obviously, he's going to start. Um, so I can see him really improving. He has a ton of talent. I mean, just to go off his his uh, his peak season, which was his second year, he was averaging 17, um, three rebounds, or uh, four and a half rebounds, which, you know, is going to have to go up. He's doing 56% effective field goal, 74% from the line. So, you know, I think if, if those numbers jump up, you know, he's averaging 22, 23. He's averaging, you know, seven or eight rebounds, um, still being very efficient because he, he still is a very efficient scorer. I mean, he was shooting uh, 40% uh, his second year from three from three point. So, you know, if he's continuing that on that road of efficiency, Memphis could definitely make the playoffs this year. Um, you know, I think he's a, a guy to watch out for. A little bit of a dark horse, but I, I like his chances. Yeah. Those are two really good picks. Um by the way, last year it was Julius Randle that won most improved. Oh, okay, um, right. Yeah, there yeah. you go. And that was and that was obvious who was going to win yeah, that yeah. one. For sure. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In mine, I have three names that caught my attention. I'm going to call this the most improved junior award because the three guys I have in my top three all have junior in their name. Oh, uh, okay. Um, there we go. <laughs> Michael Porter was my choice as well. Um Benny and I are just overlapping a lot today. But yeah, for real, save uh, save wavelengths wave 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 here, man. <laughs> Bro, because I cannot see a team signing a guy for five years, 207 mil max and not think of him as a top two scoring option on a team, whether Jamal Murray is there or not. Like you cannot pay a man that much money or invest that much into the future of that guy without thinking that he's going to like, he's going to be a primary scorer. You're not signing him for his defense. I know that for sure. Like I know you're not signing (laughs) him because he has defensive prowess. So like, Barring the vaccine and all that, I don't know what that status is on Michael Porter, and I, I don't know what the hell's going on with that. But point being, uh, if Michael Porter does play the games this year, I see it. 19 points a game, I could easily see that going up without Jamal Murray being there to like 25, 26. Um, similar jump than Ju- like Julius Randle, but more into like the 20s, like the higher stats. Um, as a rebounder, he's already pretty good. Um, that number could go up as well. Um I don't know. It just makes a lot of sense from that perspective. I do have two other names. I have Jaron Jackson Jr. as well. Um, now with Jonas Valanciunas not there anymore, they need a big to step up. He needs to be that big. This is the year he needs to make a jump, whether barring injury or not, he needs to do it for his own sake. He'll get a good contract regardless because of upside, but he needs to show Memphis that he is like worth that money pretty much. Because as of right now, yeah, that second season was good, but what's happening with that knee? What's happening with his health? We got to know. If he's healthy, I could see him having like a 20 in like six season. I don't think he's as good of a rebounder. No, that's like, no. I don't think that's like his build. I think he's more of like a no. stretch four type, but happy he's a stretch four, stretch feet. five. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I thought Valentinus would compliment him really well. But, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, that's not the case because Valentinus isn't there. Yeah. He's um, gone. My third pick, which could be interesting, is Kevin Porter Jr. on Houston. Um, It's a team that literally is going to be trash. They're going to need guys to score. Jalen Green, we'll talk about those guys later. But Yeah, we're going to talk about them. But Kevin Porter Jr. is a guy that dropped 50 last year out of nowhere. Like, clearly this guy has an upside for scoring that. He's at 16 points per game right now. I could totally see him improving and just, like, having that ability. Um. So those were the three guys I had on my list, but I would probably go with Michael Porter Jr. I know that Lonzo was a popular pick, but I don't think he'll get enough shine with Zach Levine, Voos, and um, who's this third guy that's there too? I forget. Oh, DeMar DeRozan. Oh, <laughs> yeah, DeRozan. Yeah, they just got so, him. Just, yeah, yeah so they literally go. just got him. Yeah. So I'm going Michael Porter. I don't think it's going to end up being Michael Porter, but it, for me, I'm picking Michael Porter right now. I like it. I like it. So, uh, Benny, who did you have again? I already forgot. Michael Porter. Use? Yeah, okay. So, you both had Michael Porter, and I had uh, Jackson. Triple J. Um, so, yeah, we'll see who wins that. Um, 
I guess we'll move on. Next award will be Rookie of the Year. So uh, easy, just kind of mention one of the guys. I think we're probably gonna that's probably gonna get picked. Um, I guess I'll, I'll throw it to you. Why don't you kick us off then? It's obviously between two guys, right? Yeah, we're not gonna disagree on this. I know there could be a dark horse barring injuries, but like, yeah, there's think, always every now and then yeah. there's like a surprise guy. But yeah, I'm gonna take Jalen Green. Um, in the G League, he showed that he could play against guys not only in his class, but also even from the NBA that have more experience. Um, as the season went on, he improved. So he showed that he has some growth potential as well during the season, not just in the offseason. In the summer league, I know we don't make a big deal out of summer league for like the top guys because like anyone can dominate if you're a top pick. But just for like perspective, the guy was averaging 20 points per game, shot 51% from the field and 52% from the three. Um, that's kind of nuts. Yeah. And 90% from that's the free really throw nice. line. Yeah, I was looking um, at those, those summer league stats too. And it's only three games, but they were, that they is were nuts. pretty good. Yeah. That is nuts. Yeah. So, and on a team like Houston where we don't know what's going on with John Wall, I, I know that they're trying to buy him out or like try to trade him um, because he already wants that. So you have Kevin Porter, you got Kelly Olenek. Or no, not even Kelly Olenek. He's with Detroit now. So um, you need a score. Where are the shots going to go? Him. Yeah. Eric Gordon is probably going to come off the bench, maybe get bought out or traded because he's not going to want to be he's there for a traded. rebuild. Oh, yeah. Um, they have a bunch of young guys. So clearly they're going for the future upside stuff, which means you got to play them, whether you win or lose. Um, so I'm going to go Jalen Green. I'm not going to talk about the other guy because I know you guys will probably talk about him. But um, yeah, Jalen Green's my pick. Well, I also have Jalen Green. I, you know, I'm not going to belabor the point. I think he's he, he so basically everything. Yeah, so <laughs> we're all we're on the Jalen Green committee. Yeah. I don't have anything else to add. Uh, Benny, do you have anything else? No, like as he was saying, he yeah. well, he's probably the at least from what we know, right? Because there's always that one random guy. But at least from what we know right now, Jalen Green seems to be the best scorer coming out of this class. And like Easy was saying, he's going to be on a poor team, to say the least. So he's going to get a lot of volume, a lot of opportunities to really show his skills and to really develop them as the season goes on. I could easily see him have a very good season scoring-wise and even efficiently. And I, I think that Scott Silas, he hasn't had the best chance because he's had a garbage roster, but I do think Scott Silas um, has the makings of a good head coach. Are you talking about Steven Silas? Oh, sorry, Stephen Silas. Yeah, I was like, I was like Scott I Stiles, first name too. Scott Silas. I'm like, okay, what's he going Steven, for? Stephen Silas, Stephen Silas. They all sound the same. All yeah, Stephen yeah. Silas. Sorry, and I think that's Stephen Silas has the makings of a good head coach, and I think he'll do a good job on a, with a young roster and then with Jalen Green uh, at the helm of that. Yeah, I will. In that case, I will talk a little bit about Cade. I do Go think he it. has a really, I do think he has a really good chance. Like, I'm not for sure. I could see this going yeah. either way, just because. Let's say the Rockets have enough young guys that they all pop off, right? Like, what if Josh Christopher ends up actually taking a bigger role? Um, not than Jalen Green necessarily, but like everyone can have a chance, at least in Detroit. I can't see another scorer besides like Sadiq Bay, Jeremy Grant. You get me? Like, I don't, I don't know. And then Cade in Summer League too was shooting 42% from the field, 50 from three. And he was averaging 18, five and two. And he showed an ability to actually spot up. Like in summer league, he I think there was a game where Cade made like seven or eight threes out of ten. So like he has that ability. I just think that Jalen Green has like oh man, I hate doing rookie of the year because it's not about who has the biggest upside, it's more about who had the better season. Right. So like I'm still picking Jalen as the bigger upside one, too, but I can easily see Cade winning the award too. Like it's it's a toss-up. And then it's not gonna matter, but like third or fourth, my low-key dark horse is Davion Mitchell. Um Really? Okay. I just think that the Kings don't know what they're doing, so they'll play off the guards. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I still know, see man. the opportunity for him there, but, like, you're right. Yeah. The Kings the Kings are going to King, so. I just don't yeah. see the Kings setting him up right. Um, yeah. I just, and expect I just too know much that they – I don't know if they'll expect too much because I think as, like, when it – like a three-guard rotation, not at the same time, but, like, De'Aaron, you have um, Tyrese, and then you also have Davion. That's a pretty decent guard. It is. Rio. In terms of defensively, you address it. Offensively, you address it. And Halliburton does a bit of both. So, and again, Halliburton's a little more flexible with the small forward position too, if you really wanted to. So, again, the Kings are good at Kings. I just assume he's going to get minutes because he showed out in summer league as well. So, yeah, Yeah. we'll see. But it's Jalen Green or Cade. And I guess we're all going (laughs) Jalen. Yeah. I I think we all see kind of Jalen getting the most opportunity on a really bad team. So, (laughs) 
Yeah. And he's already shown it, like you said. So, uh, so yeah, I think we'll move on to our last award. Um, so coach of the year. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm really curious to see who we all have. Um, I guess I'll go first. I kind of just went with, uh, the favorite, uh, which is Steve Nash. Um, I think if they all, if he's able to put it together this year, I think regardless of whether or not you have a super team or not, I don't think the media really cares. Um, cause, and you know, Steve Nash is somebody who I think that the media wants to give credit to if the team does well, it's kind of like the whole Steve Kerr thing. Um, though I don't know if Steve Kerr ever won coach of the year. You guys are going to have to, uh, I'm almost positive he know. did one year. That's yeah. I want to say he did. Right. Yeah. So I can see him getting it, uh, like this year, maybe it might, maybe the only year that he gets it. Um, I guess we'll announce later who we think is going to win every, it, like, you know, win the chip and everything. But, um, you know, obviously they have a great chance. I think they're going to put it together this year, health permitting, vaccine situation permitting. Um, so, yeah, I just went, I went Nash. I went, I would have picked Nash, um, but I was thinking back on it. And I think that he deserved a lot more credit last year than maybe he got. They were almost the number one seed from what I remember correctly. And I'm pretty sure those three of Kyrie, Harden, and Durant barely played together. You guys can correct yeah, me if I'm wrong. They were they one game barely, behind the Sixers for the one they, seed. Exactly. Yeah. They barely played together. They were, I don't know how they developed any sort of chemistry together. And like Mike just said, they were half a game to a game away back from the one yeah. seed. I just don't I just don't see it happening for him this year unless they get it the number one seat outright and they win it by like five or six games maybe. But that's just me. Maybe I'm wrong and then and he does get to win it. I think it would be a fair it is a fair shout, and I think it would be fair if he wins it under those circumstances. The guy that I ended up going with, <clears throat> excuse me, was uh Quinn Snyder. Um okay. I think Quinn Snyder is a little bit overdue for this award. And it looks like easy picked him as well, but I went with Quinn Snyder. I think he's a little overdue for this award. And especially in the Western Conference, you look at all the teams that have reloaded. The Lakers seemingly reloaded a little bit. The Suns are coming back. They're going to try to uh, push for another top two, three seed for a home court advantage in the playoffs, try to make another finals push with Chris Paul. The Clippers are going to want to come back, make another push, make a real push for the finals for once. The Nuggets, are, yeah. the Nuggets are still hanging around. They're going to really try to prove it to themselves that they belong in that conversation. So I, I could see the Western Conference – Regular season, obviously, this is a regular season award. Really going all out with just insane, um, insane play from a whole bunch of different teams going for it in a very, very tough Western Conference. And kind of like it was last year, and the Utah Jazz were actually the number one seed, if we remember last year in the Western Conference. And we're going to get into the NBA standings now, but I have them as under all those, all in that whole storm of the Western Conference of the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Suns, all these guys. I still have the 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 Jazz as the number one seed in the Western Conference, and I think that would be enough to give it to Quinn Snyder, honestly. Like I said, it was as long as we're doing for one. Yeah, I picked Quinn Snyder. <laughs> um, <laughs> it just—it's it, exactly. What, I don't know why we're picking the same people today. I mean, none of us picked. None we of haven't us talked Spolstra, about Spolstra, no yeah. Spolstra. Like, man, I wanted to, but for I just realized like, <laughs> I, no, nobody even knows who that is. Apparently, so. <laughs> I was gonna say nobody's gonna pick a Heat player to win an award. We can agree on that. Nah, right? like, gonna they're never gonna get picked. There's too much like um, overlap. Yeah. Um, yeah. I picked too much Snyder. envy. Too much envy. So it is. <laughs> yeah, right? totally. hate. Too much hate yeah. in this world. Just lack of culture and decency. Yeah. <laughs> like just like how the Kings will never have a coach of the year, you know. But whatever. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want Quinn Snyder. Makes too much sense. Team that has something to prove after failing last year. We can call it a failure last year, um, especially without Kawhi. Their man, they'll failure. Um, they were up 2-0, weren't Snyder. they? Yeah, they were. They were up 2-0. It was the, the same thing that the Mavs had that they were up 2-0, and then you know they ended yeah. up going seven, but. These guys ended up going six, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. It's overdue. It's a team that's stayed the same except added a couple pieces. I think they added Rudy Gay and they added um, Whiteside. Um, oh, yeah, the so, missing ingredient. Right? As if Gobert <laughs> yeah. wasn't enough in the paint. Um, let's add Whiteside. More big boys. More big boys. So, <laughs> it's overdue. His teams always win every year. I will get into the standings, but I also have them number one in the West. Um, so, yeah. A couple dark horses just because the way coach of the year goes from at least what I've understood, it's, it's either going to be the guy who just has like an outright better record than everybody else. So for example, Steve Kerr did win the year they won 73 and nine, right? Cause that's like that an makes outright, sense. like you have like, to give it to him. Right. Yeah. Even though he didn't coach 45 of those games, Luke Walton did, but I digress. 
um, Coco to the year. <laughs> literally. Um, my couple sleepers, and it's really going to depend on how their teams do. Just because, for example, like, like Thibodeau with the Knicks last year, he won because he brought them out of nowhere. Um, mm-hmm. I have Ime Udoka, the guy, the coach for the Boston. Celtics. Yeah. He can definitely, I could definitely see it just because since he's a fresh face, maybe they won't, like, they're obviously going to be better than seventh seed, in my opinion. Um, yeah. So based on that projection, also him being a new coach, I could definitely see them being like, oh, he turned it around. You know, one of, one of those things. Um, the other one, Chicago, Billy Donovan, um, just for the nature of the roster that he has. Yeah, um, he was also a dark horse for me too. Yeah, so I have those two as dark horses. I think Quinn Snyder, just because that's the safest pick, I guess, right now. We don't know what, how the season's going to turn out, so I went with the safe pick of Quinn Snyder. Um, and yeah. Cool. Um, so I think that does it for all our NBA awards. Uh, I guess just to quickly recap for MVP, uh, I had Joel, Benny and Easy, you guys had KD, right? Yeah. Uh, Clarkson, we all uh, we all agreed for six man of the year. Uh, just name it after him. Uh, Depoy, uh, we all had different answers for Depoy. I think this is the only yeah. one that we all had different stuff for. Um, well, besides Coach of the Year. Uh, or no, you guys had Quinn Snyder for Coach of the Year. What I'm saying. Anyways, uh, so I had AD. You, uh, Easy had Gobert, even though you hate Gobert. <laughs> I hate Gobert so much. <laughs> and Betty had Giannis. Uh, most improved, I had tri- Triple J. You guys had MPJ. Uh, Coach of the Year had Nash, and both of you guys had uh, Quinn Snyder. What's, what's with you guys agreeing, man? Stop agreeing. Pretty much think out. alike. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, it's, out, man. it's one of those. And over, I'm rookie of the year. I'm not sure I messed up. We all had Jalen Green, so at least there were green. Well, we there were, we agreed on one third of our awards right here. All right, that's not and then bad. Benny and I agreed on everything except <laughs> uh, we, we agreed on two thirds. So I mean, I'm feeling pretty good right now. I thought I was alone with some of these. Okay, so that's it for part one of our 2021-2022 NBA season predictions. You just heard us cover awards. Part two will cover our playoff predictions. So who's going to be top eight in either conference? Who's going to make the NBA finals? And who's going to win the whole damn thing? So I hope you really enjoyed part one. Part two will come out next Monday. And thank you for listening.